Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. We'll read them. Then we'll give you answers. You know it. I've got it. I've got the answer. The answer. You ask me. It is the end of March. Get your confetti ready because tomorrow is April Fool's, every fourth grader's favorite holiday. It's just there to mess with you. Hey, I really like your hair. April Fool's. Like, fuck you, idiot. It's such a, I'm sure it has like pagan roots. And it was, we would fool Frigga. To make sure that we had a harvest for the whatever, but I got to look into that. Or it's like a saint was, of course, beheaded or made into a martyr. And they said it wasn't him, but it was April Fool's. May the devil not get you. Anyway, it's a holiday that kind of loses a bit of its panache as you get older. If you're an adult that does April Fool's stuff, you are a single man in his 20s. (laughs) Did you ever do any pranks? put saran wrap on a toilet or whatever. No. no. And like senior year, it was like the senior prank day and like the class before us who were like largely degenerates, like took all the furniture and put it in the pool or Why? I don't think, I don't remember what we did. I just, like, we killed the fine arts teacher. <laughs> no, I don't like messing with people. Some people love it. I have, even as a joke, like, hey, I did something really bad. Just kidding. I can't, like, I can't. I feel bad. I don't like messing with people. I, I Some people love it. Like prank shows. Yeah. Like punk, that, you know, that makes me very nervous. You know what show has a lot of B-roll on a cutting room floor of celebrities saying racist things when they were angry? It's probably punked. Oh, boy. Yeah. What, you can't even say the word racist now? You won't even look at me? <laughs> Whatever. You can't scroll and we're doing high energy at the top. It's the key to any morning show. This isn't a morning show. It's a podcast. Yeah, but it's the energy. People listen to this going to work and doing work. I feel like a lot of people listen to it in the middle of their day. Can I tell you something? I went to a show last night and a friend called. So I was talking to some comics and I was like, oh, I'll be right back. And I took out my AirPods and put them in my ears. And I ran into another comic. He goes, what are you doing? Listening to your own podcast? And I was like, can you imagine? But I totally listen to my own podcast for quality assurance. Because sometimes I say shitty things that you forget to edit out. So it's a double combed, double churned podcast you're getting, ch- twice distilled for double the acceptance. When it comes out, I've listened to it twice. What? 
When I when it comes out, I've listened to it through twice. Yeah, but you and I don't have the same radar for stuff. Mm. I got a bullshit meter, and you're just listening for me. Eating. You have a bullshit meter for your own what you're sometimes. Own I'm like that was Regina said that. So speaking of somebody, somebody who shall remain anonymous, which is the crux of the issue, said it hurts their feelings when I, I said say it hurts their feelings. You said that they I didn't fa- say hurt. had fallen into a deep depression. <laughs> no. Said that they're discouraged from submitting because I said I don't like anonymous. All right, here's my opinion. I prefer named ones, but you are very encouraged to still send in questions. I don't know why I like the names. It's not like we have a reference like, and Christina regarding your racist uncle who you're sleeping with. Well, and they're not going to send in the good ones with their names. Fine. And just know that we take it very seriously. I never look over Emily's arm into her phone to see like the name. Uh, We are- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we are a vault over here. So please continue to send in the weirder, the better. And I encourage you, if you're like, do I send in something normal and use my name or make it fucking weird and it's anonymous, go with anonymous. But yeah. we like them all. Yeah. No discrimination, no lawsuits. Don't cancel us. As an anonymous person with no gender, no blood type and no face, you hurt my feet. I don't think I know what my blood type is. I do. Mine. It's corn syrup. It's ranch dressing. <laughs> I don't set, like ranch. You just set me up for that. You just threw the I know, ball up a good and I one. stepped up onto a ladder. I don't like ranch though. Does you. that surprise you? I think you're a liar. Mm-mm. The amount of things that you have like a hard no on that you actually have no reference or context for is is boggling. The <laughs> amount, you're like, it scares me. It bothers me. I'm like, really? It's toilet paper. I don't know. Too soft. <laughs> All these rules- like the Liz Lemon of my office. So many rules. You did have a very soft toilet paper at one point that was too soft. You used years so ago. much of it that we had to <laughs> we had to stock up on the cheap stuff. Years ago, it was like it was like ridges. It was just too. They're quilting. It was too, it was too much. Like corduroys have like what is it called? It whaling. Was like, it was corduroy. It was pieces of corduroy. That's <laughs> yeah. how much money I have. I'm just using corduroy yeah. still attached to the animal it comes from. A cordyceps. A mushroom. Kick <laughs> it. All right, anonymous. But they're going to give us a name. Chris P. Bacon. You know Not what? my real name, LOL. That no. has, that's the exact same as like a Christina we don't you know, know. I was wrong. And you can munch on that, folks. The name does nothing. Because <laughs> as you said, Chris, I was like, that's a boring name. <laughs> what do you want it to be? But- I want you know what I want. My name is Susan. I'm from Grand Rapids. Here's my street. And here's my weird fucking neighbor. Stalk him. <sighs> All right. Hey, Eliza, huge fan. A coworker and I frequently reenact skits or phrases from your stand-up to make each other laugh during work. I'd love to see that. My question is, my husband and I have been together for 13 years. About four years ago, he was, hev- commitment. Sorry. <laughs> he was heavily into video games and ignored me and our children to play them. When I became pregnant with our third child, he didn't put much effort in, and I ended up doing most of the housework. I did and- all of the labor. <laughs> and outdoor stuff myself, including shoveling snow. I had to give birth Mostly me. After our daughter was born, there was a huge gap between us emotionally, and I asked for a divorce because I felt that I was no longer in love with him. He pleaded with me to give him a second chance. I tried, but I feel emotionally I no longer love him as a romantic partner, and we're just really good friends. Around eight months after our daughter's birth, my emotional distance had grown, but I stayed for our girls. Then one night, I woke up to him forcing himself on me. (gasps) 
He says he doesn't remember me asking him to stop. I did kick him out, but he wore me down and threatened to harm himself to get me and him back together. I did let him move back in, but I still don't want to be with him, but I'm afraid he'll hurt himself. We have kids. I can't just block him and move on. How do I handle serving him divorce papers without ruining my girl's opinion of their father? I know it's the right thing to do. This is so out above my pay grade. This is exactly what Anonymous is for. I understand that, but this is also what like a social worker is for. This mm. is, I I think I will lose my job if I give you advice on this. I, this is so out of the realm. Let's just talk about the things that we know. Yes. It's unacceptable that he forced himself on you. Um, And I'm not married, so, you know, you can't fault people like I stay together for the kids. You deserve to be happy. Well, and I what? You said I'm not married. I am married. Why would you say that? I'm not um You don't have kids. I don't have kids. Okay. Rub it in. No, I don't have kids. So, you know, any people that judge what people do or don't do in a marriage because like you're not there. Yeah. People are always like, Well, if I were a parent, it's like, well, you're fucking not. And yeah. you know what? Those aren't your kids, your situation. Um, I I would imagine putting yourself first is a way of actually also putting your children first. He's keeping you as an emotional hostage. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't have a history of hurting himself, this does seem like an empty threat, but it does seem like he's like a little unstable. Um, can you start by being like, you need to go to therapy first? Like, is there a version where he works himself back to the many levels? I'm just saying like, if, if it's completely gone, mm-hmm. you need to do what's right for you and your family because if he's threatening that, you kind of don't want that around your kids. No. So... Make him make be like, hey, are you really going to hurt yourself? Like double down on that. If you are, then we definitely need to go. And if you're threatening it, then we definitely need to go. I think your first step is to you and the kids go to a friend's house, a relative's house and serve the papers, whatever. Call him, serve them for your lawyer. Don't do it with you and the kids in the house. Get your your kids and like bare essentials elsewhere. What this act of self love and protecting your kids is putting yourself first. And I think a lot of women that's hard for them to hear. And I have no experience with violence or domestic violence or anything. But you cannot be a good mother to your kids if you're terrified all the time. It's better, I believe, to have divorced parents who are like living their lives normally versus a terrified mom and an insane dad in the same house because your kids will absorb that energy. So take those steps. It might suck for a while, but it will be better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever friends and family you can lean on for support, you bring the kids over there. Pick up that PlayStation 2 because I doubt, you know, I'm sure it's a shitty one and hold it over a body of water and be like, are you actually going to hurt yourself? Mm. No matter what the answer is, you drop that sucker in the water. If the answer is yes, you'd be like, how dare you threaten me with that? And if it's no, how dare you threaten me with that? But don't really. Don't do that. Don't Don't do that. Don't irritate someone who's already on the Just get out of there. Get out of there. That is not on you. Get out of there. Get you and your kids somewhere safe. Divorces are expensive. That's why people don't do them, but you got to get out of there. Yeah. Or stay. I'm just kidding. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. 
Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Kick it! Okay. Anonymous. Anonymous question for Yeah, I'm ready. What is your problem? I was trying to decide if I wanted to read the whole intro, but... I don't know. You're the producer. Okay, so I was starting to read it, but then you interrupted me. No, you stared at me from under your hat. (laughs) Want me to look like a badger that had stolen a hat? Okay, anonymous question for the brilliant Eliza. (laughs) Stolen a hat. (laughs) Like you broke into a vintage store and like you stole some goodwill clothes and then the badger got on another badger's shoulders and put them on and you came into work. I'm not positive I know what a badger looks like. I'm imagining a beaver. No, just imagine you. No, a badger. And I I think I know honey badger. It's like that. They have like a, like a, it's almost like a skunk and a beaver. Mm. It has like these long stripes and they're Mm -hmm. kind of flat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. wear like Reddit sweatshirts and old <laughs> merch from their boss. <laughs> okay. 
Backstory. (laughs) Six years ago, I met this guy at church. We started talking because a friend of mine was interested in him and wanted an introduction. Uh Then she found out he had a record and was subsequently terrified. I, however, was more intrigued. Yeah, you were turned on by danger. The guy stole a seven up. I mean, that's your your favorite movie, Goodfellas. Every other line is her being like, other women would have walked away, but I was turned it's on. literally one monologue. She says it twice. She says okay, it is that every other monologues. line? How many monologues does she get? I was, I was very attracted to him. <laughs> we were, oh my God, when he beats the shit out of the guy that assaults her. Yeah, that was, yeah. It's so and hot. he's like, hide this gun. And she's like, all right. She's like, I'm fucking down, ride or die. It's so hot. And he was, she wasn't even into him until then. He wasn't even into her at all. And then she was like, any protection. And his like Italian spidey senses went up. And he's just like, I'm in. Who can I beat to? Oh, it's so fucking hot. That being said, if that happened in real life, I'd be horrified. Yeah. Like if Noah beat someone within an inch of their life, I'd be like, okay, we can have sex real quick, but then I have to go. Until you hide a weapon. We were never romantically involved, but I've always admired his character and kindness. And his, yeah, his body. His hot con body. His level of compassion towards others makes me seem like Cruella DeVille. We could have dated back in our early 20s, but I was interested in someone else and he dated other girls. He was even engaged at one point. And he murdered and raped other girls. Which did not last. And I know that because after a gap in our friendship, the girls he dated hated me and he was told to stay away. He reached out to me with a letter from prison. Oi, he had no. Prop- <laughs> no, it's not hot anymore. He proposed to the girl in jail. Great plot point for a show like 60 Days In. He told me he loved his ex-fiance, but he wasn't in love with her. Why is he telling this Charming. to you? Yes, unfortunately, he got locked up again. Why did he reach out to me after years of silence? His family relayed the message that he was trying to reconnect with the good influences in his life. When I first met him, he had just served two years and was on probation. The man who committed those crimes is not the guy I know, but I'm not ignorant to the fact that that is part of him. Fast forward to now. We've repaired our friendship through phone calls and letter writing, which is almost a lost art. And at some point, oh, I, he's, he started saying, <laughs> love Outside you. of prison. Uh-oh. I say it back because I'm not a monster and I do actually love him. But now, dare I say I have feelings for this quote unquote hardened criminal with a heart of gold. Why does this sound like a B storyline in one of the Taken films? No, it sounds like a B movie <laughs> on like the Hallmark channel. After hours. It should be noted that I tend to want what I can't have. The only time I was into him was when he left the state for Bible college sooner than expected, and I never said anything because he had a girlfriend. How delusional am I to think maybe we could be more than friends after all this time? I just assumed whoever I was supposed to end up with had gotten lost because I've remained clear on what I want and, more importantly, what I need in a relationship. It would make sense if my knight in shining whatever couldn't go off into the sunset with me because it's hard to ride a white horse in handcuff. When <laughs> when you're in prison. Okay. I think the the linchpin in all this is Bible camp. So he's getting out. He will have a job lined up at a place to stay. I don't know what he wants for his future, but I do know what I want for mine. We're both 28 now, if that helps. He gets out in eight months, and I don't know if anything will happen, but I'm getting in great shape just in case. What oh, do you think? Should my we be God. together like Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> or should I get back on Bumble? Love you all so much. Okay, let us remember how Bonnie and Clyde ended mm-hmm. with just riddled with bullet holes. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like... One of them mentally challenged. There's something weird about Bonnie and Clyde that's so romanticized, just like Romeo and Juliet, who at the end of the day were just two super horny 14-year-old Italians. Mm. Like, it isn't star-crossed lovers. Bonnie and Clyde both died, mm-hmm. as they should have, because they were horrible criminals. I, I can't help you, but what you're telling me is here is a man who is in prison, and you are getting yourself in shape. So that when a man 
who's been in prison multiple times gets out, you're hoping he will find you acceptable. I don't know what happened to you. I don't think that just because someone goes to jail, it makes them a bad person. That's a lot of mistakes for only being 28. And, you know, Ted Bundy, nice guy. Hitler, super affable at a party. I'm just saying, like, you can, all these people that end up shooting up schools, the parents are like, he was a good kid. So I'm not saying he's the worst guy ever. I'm just saying, like, just because he's able to have maybe even a manipulative but sweet, nice conversation with you doesn't mean he's not a criminal and you're going to be signing up for a life of that. I hope not. I Uh hope he can be reformed. But listen to what you just, I'm getting in shape for him for when he gets out in eight months. Something has happened to you in your life. I'm not saying you did anything wrong. Something bad has happened and you need to have more self-worth. What it should be is he gets out in eight months. So if he wants to get a job, walk the straight and narrow and prove to me that he's a changed man, I will listen. Not the fucking other way around, okay? Mm. Listen to me as your best friend who you have to pay to see once a year. Listen to that. Mm. You also may not be the only girl he's writing to. Let's say you are. Let's say he does want to change. Let's say he is going to change. The idea that you're losing weight so that an ex-con fresh out of prison might find you acceptable. It's so insane. This is what's wrong with the way we brainwashed women. There's a reason that it hasn't worked out all the times he's been out of jail. And I get the feeling in eight months, you're not going to be that interested in him anymore. I hope not. Please don't wait for this man. You're going to do what you're going to do. And I have a feeling he gives you attention in a way that you're not getting from other people. Um, I would lean into a, on a friend for this. I would start online dating. This is up to this guy to impress you, okay? Unless you are just super unlucky or, or maybe, you know, you could weigh a thousand pounds and I don't know it, but I don't think that's true. You need to work on your self-worth because this man will rip you apart Uh just as he's ripped apart his whole life. This isn't about like, if you go to prison, you can never be reformed, but this is more, this is not about him. This is about you and the words that you are using. Yeah. That's it. Uh Lose that weight. Come see me. I'm just kidding. But come see the show and uh, invite a friend, not this guy. Unless he's like a Jeremy Meek situation where he's just like so hot. Who is that? He's that black oh, dude that with the blue eyes. He's the black dude guy. with the blue eyes. That, the, the hot prisoner. Yeah. yeah. That's like a model now. <laughs> okay. Uh, born to Dream. I sliced 80. right through that one. I cut right through it. Born to Dream 82. See, now I get a clear picture. One year younger, head in the clouds, ready to go. Hello, lovely Eliza, Emily, sweet baby Chanfu, and the wonderful Gracie. 38 Ew, no. female... Kashi Golin, crunch fan here with a question about restoring relationships damaged by COVID. not restoring my butthole because I still eat (laughs) Kashi. I've been on disability for many years due to severe bipolar disorder and OCD, specifically germophobia. I live with my parents, mom 75, dad 80. We all have been absolutely rigid about COVID precautions this entire time. My absolute favorite aunt came over about eight months ago to pick up stuff from my mom. All three of us were outside and wearing masks, but still social distancing. My aunt suddenly grabbed my mom in a hug and I panicked, saying sharply, Mom, my aunt said, it's okay, we're wearing masks. I calmly said, that's not how COVID works and went inside. 
My aunt was enraged and stopped talking to all of us for months. She's no longer mad at my parents, but she refuses to talk to me at all. I reach out on Facebook by posting cute animal pictures with captions like thinking of you and crickets. I'm devastated because she has been my favorite thinking aunt. Thinking of her and captions. So like, like crickets, like crickets, crickets, like no, like, no, no response. She like you. It's just, here's more pictures of crickets. <laughs> no. Aunt Mamie. No response. I'm devastated because she's been my favorite aunt my whole life, vacations together and everything, tons of good memories. My parents and I agree I did nothing wrong. I was trying to protect us and this is how my mental illness functions. I don't want to apologize because she disobeyed my family's approach to COVID, but I want to find some way to let my aunt know that even though she has hurt me deeply, I still love her and miss having her in my life. How can I repair this relationship? Thank you in advance. Much love to you and the crew. Why don't you just write all that in a letter? Because probably to your aunt's recollection, like everything was cool and then you snapped at her. Also, this is going to sound awful. Like, are you her favorite niece? Like, is it a one-sided thing where she's like, oh boy, here comes head in the clouds? Or is it like, you know, were you guys super cool and then maybe you hurt her feelings? Like, it's always this tough thing with like degrees of severity when it comes to like adhering to protocols. Nobody likes to be called out and it does take a big person to be like, you know what, you're right, I I shouldn't have hugged your mom or I shouldn't have done whatever. In her mind, she's like, we are doing all the right things. You're probably not going to get COVID from that, but she should be aware of your- But the right thing is masks and six feet. Right, which way we're doing. And then she's thinking it's just one quick hug, but also keeping in mind, like it wouldn't bother me, but like keeping in mind this clearly debilitating illness that you have that, you know, limits you and what you can do and how that is, as you call it, like not a dysfunction, but whatever you call it, you- it's weird to me that she isn't more tolerant. It's weird to me that she, like, your your parent is in their 70s. Like, I would flip. Like, if I was with my parents and someone walked up and hugged one of them, like, in COVID time, I would be so upset. What What's stopping you from picking up the phone and just saying, like, I just want to talk? And if she's like, can't, never, then you know what? She's a bitch. But I think she got embarrassed people really underestimate like the power of embarrassment. I think she was embarrassed and I think she probably felt scolded. Um, And I don't know, maybe, I don't know obviously anything about you, but like, is that how you tend to handle things like that? Has it always been? If you're saying you're a germaphobe, like, is it a life of you snapping, freaking out? Like, do you storm off? Do you go in the other room? You know, sometimes maybe you aren't coming across as egalitarian and as, gentle as you think. So maybe the aunt was just like, I can't fucking take this anymore. It is a little severe given that she's your aunt and you love her so much. So pick up the phone or literally all the things you just said to us, put them in a letter and be like, I was just super protective. I didn't mean to, like, these are the rules we had set up. I was just trying to protect everyone. I miss you. I love you. That's all you can do. Put Uh it in those words Uh and be transparent. It takes vulnerability sometimes to get anywhere, but you know, if it is just totally you that one time being like, that's not how it works, you know, but there's also a version where she's always dealing with this and it was just too much that day. I don't know. But I think it doesn't matter. In COVID times, it's like, it's a, the fact that she hugged the person is mad that she, like, she should never have done that. I, right. And I'm saying, I don't know what your real reaction was. I don't know if you screamed. I don't know if you stormed off. I don't know how bad you made Well, her- we, I think we have to go based on the fact that she said, she sharply said mom. And then she said, and then the aunt was like, it's fine. And she said, okay, well, that's not how COVID worked and calmly went into the house. So assuming that's actually what happened. Why are you looking at me like, I'm just saying, here's the other side that it could be. And let's assume that's what happened. Then, then, either, then your aunt is either a crazy person. She could be a crazy person, but I would just put all the things you just so eloquently wrote to us mm-hmm. in a letter. Don't like, no, like, 
kind gaslighting. It's like, here's a cute picture. Miss you. Love you. Which was you offering an olive branch, but maybe you just need to say how you felt and you both need to come. Because she needs a chance to be like, hey, it was a mistake. I think you were too hard on me. And you need a chance to say, I take these things seriously. This is a function Mm -hmm. of it. And you know me. You know I'm not mad. Yeah. So just, you need to have a discussion. Too much time has gone by. And that will be dead soon. Be dead one day. Hi, Eliza. You'll be dead one day Emily. I've listened to the podcast since the beginning, but this is my first question. Ready. Ready This person, by the way, not a nurse, is in grad school. Okay. In grad school to be a nurse? No. Is that a thing? No. My husband- You don't know. You're not a nurse. My husband and I were married in 2019 before he deployed, but planned the actual wedding for June of 2020. Thanks to COVID, that go? <laughs> we've rescheduled it twice now. But Ugh. since people don't know how to wear masks and stay home, we've decided to cancel altogether oh. and opt for a more intimate vow renewal in the near future more, when things in, are finally back to normal. On the blue waters of Cancun. My question is, if you had to do a vow renewal vow renewal slash elopement type ceremony, what would you do? We like the idea of traveling somewhere, but are open to any ideas. P.S. I saw you live in Washington, D.C. and You were amazing. I was. Um, some people, I watched, watched a 30 Rock. I'm done now. I finished the season for the fifth time. Uh, they say vow renewers are like a kiss of death. Do you need to do a vow renewal or do you just take that money and if it were me and Noah and we're not, I don't know you guys, I mean, there's also the version where your husband who's been deployed is like, I don't want to get back on a plane. And you're like, you know, okay, you don't have to jump out of it. Um, take that money and go somewhere amazing and just like enjoy each other. Especially if you don't have kids, like just get on a plane and like go to Japan. We would go to like Tokyo. Japan has all these amazing cities that mm-hmm. it's like this really um, diverse say diverse, like in terms of the topography, like country, they've got skiing, they've got beaches, like all that stuff. Pick a country you've always wanted to go to and just go. Take that money from that wedding and just do the thing you've never done. That's what I would do. Or splurge on like a fantastic, like seven-star resort or something. You don't want to use that money to go on like a vacation that you're going to go on in the future. Like take that once in a lifetime trip and make it all about you. So you had to wait all this time, get that extra hotel suite, like that nice hotel suite, get that expensive dinner reservation and just go somewhere you never thought you'd go. Go somewhere that other people don't go. What coast do you live on? Go to the opposite coast. Like everyone in New York goes to the Bahamas. Everyone in LA goes to Mexico. Go past the other coast somewhere safely. That's what I would do. I'd blow it out knowing that you won't always have that kind of freedom and that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Blow it out. You've seen Russia in the winter? Horrible. Don't go. Japan? Go to Southeast Asia? Nordic countries are cool. Go see the Northern Lights. Canada's lovely. Parts of it. Not like the middle. That's what I would do. That's my answer to you. Okay. My answer to you. We have a suggestion from a listener in regards to the person who asked about how to convince her husband to adhere to COVID protocols. Oh, yes. My mother also has an update on that one. Okay. My partner used this analogy with people who don't take COVID protocols seriously. If you don't wear a condom when having sex and have gone years without contracting an STD or getting someone pregnant, it doesn't mean you won't at some point. You're taking a risk every single time you don't wear a condom. It's just a matter of time because you've just gotten lucky thus far. If you want more than just relying on luck, wear a condom, aka wear a mask. Just because you haven't worn a mask and contracted it yet doesn't mean you won't at some point. I never thought about it like that, but I think that's... 
Fair. My mom said, just listen to the podcast. If a husband does not want to wear a mask and do, uh, do not sleep with him in the same room, that's the time you're closest and breathe onto each other. And that's all there is to it. You respect his decision and say, this is my decision. You can also provide them with the names of the kids in the school that got COVID and say, admittedly, half of 1 million people got COVID and only 50,000 died, but it's still, but it's not a good death. So let's consider it like Russian roulette. You could get it and be fine or get it and die. If you're okay with that, put a gun to your temple with one bullet. This is my mother with one bullet in the magazine and take a chance and shoot. Also, where is the downside? Oh, she's talking about uh, COVID vaccinations. It's free. The worst side effect is feeling bad for two days. And the best has been discomfort at the injection site. By the way, regarding Emily being afraid of needles, why don't you go with her and then punch her in the opposite arm when the doctor's coming near her like I did for you? But of course, don't tell her you're going to punch her. I did it for my friend. There goes that. That's my mom. Gun references and violence. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like women, especially like we forget that we have power. Mm. You have the power to leave. You have the power to say no. You have the power to draw your own boundaries. Just because your husband says something, stand up to him, push him back on it. You know, he doesn't want to wear a mask. Fine. I don't want to fuck you or sleep and you got to sleep in the the other room. Mm. And I'm taking all the TP. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And under the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. Hey, Eliza, you are hilarious, and I'm so thankful for your comedy and your podcast. My question is, what do I do if I hate my sister's fiance? They've been together for five years, and we don't get along. 
I even have yelled at him in the past and told her I think that he is manipulative, controlling, and verbally abusive. His boner was huge. Now that they are engaged, I decided to put that behind me and apologize to him so we could move forward and get along, but they fight all the time. And in my opinion, my sister does all the work in the relationship and in the house. I put up boundaries and told her not to tell me anymore when they fight, but I can still tell because she becomes moody and miserable. I guess I'm wondering if there's anything else I can do besides just watch this play out. I foresee my sister being the one to take care of all the housework and the future children while her husband gets stoned all day leading to massive fights and divorce. I hate him. Now, this was at the two weeks ago. Now there's an update. Update. He's dead. No one knows who did it, me. Update on the sister's fiance. I have been doing everything I can to get along with him, inviting him to do stuff, including him when I hang out with my sister, apologizing about things from the past. He is constantly negging my sister. He picks on her and digs at her. I never say anything because she told me to stay out of it. I don't think she even notices anymore. Yesterday, he was doing that on a walk the three of us were on. I told myself to ignore it. It's like when you're a third wheeling, a bickering couple. At the end of the walk, I slipped and said, you guys have been snipping at each other and it's making me uncomfortable. And it turned into this huge fight where he told me I'm a ball of stress that he can't be around. And who do you think you are? What's wrong with you? Et cetera. I'm proud to say I remained fairly calm and later took the high road and apologized for the fight. My question is, do I have to keep trying to be his friend? I don't want to see him ever again, but obviously have to. How do I manage this dynamic going forward? I'm sorry. I know that this is the wrong answer, but I'm just going to fucking say this because this is what I would do. It's always on the girl to like make amends, be mature, move on. And these guys get to be fuckheads like their whole lives. I can think of so many men where it's like this guy is constantly immature, a piece, even just like in a friend group, yeah. a piece of shit, saying something rude, rubs me the wrong way. And we're taught as women, like just be nice, like smooth it over. Fuck that guy. Fuck him and fuck that. Honestly. And you know what? Like, why don't you act like him? Why don't you just ignore shit and you can just make your comments? If it, if it makes you feel bad to do that, fine. But you can ignore him. Like, you can outdo this dude. Mm-hmm. And I get that, like, he smokes weed and he's chill. And, like, you're just a bitch and you stress him out. That's because deep down he knows he's a fucking loser. This is clearly, like, hitting a nerve for me. I'm so over the, like, when the girl is smarter or better, and it makes men insecure. Mm. He hates himself. That's why he takes it on your sister. Your sister's a fucking idiot who can't see past it. She's like, I'm just, I love him so much. We routinely sign up to be with men that make us feel like shit because like every once in a while, he's nice to to her. Mm -hmm. You owe him nothing. You owe them nothing. And I know you love your sister, but this tough love might be, you kind of just have to like take some space. You don't deserve to go through this where this guy makes, and you know what? Maybe you just hang out with your sister alone. And if like you can make a big deal, like the guy comes home, you'd be like, all right, peace out. Not into this. Bye. Like you can put up that wall and you can be fucking tough about it. I wonder if there's any way to like dig at him the way that he digs at the it, sister. You may like, not he's be like, oh, you're walking way. too slow. And you're like, oh, maybe you're you need walking to speed up. too slow. But here's the thing. You may not be built for that. May yeah. not be, that might not be your thing. You may not get off on that, which is okay too, because that means you're not a psychopath. Yeah. But you can definitely treat him like the insecure beta five-year-old that he is. When he shows up, you're like, peace, out of here, bad vibes. And you can just say that, be like, bad vibes, not into it. That's what I would do. Do you think it ever crossed his mind once that he should apologize to you, that he should be nice to your sister, that he should smooth things over? Why, as girls, are we constantly looking for ways to like make it all okay? Who fucking cares if this guy doesn't like you? Sorry, it's your sister's problem. And I know you love your sister and it breaks your heart. But like at a certain point, if she's not going to stand up for herself, like you've got to stand up for yourself. Yeah. 
I'm so I just I've dealt with that. Just these like loser guys, whether it's they think that I'm they're insecure about me being funny or they don't like that I spoke when they should have. And I'm not even like a ball breaker, but I just don't suffer fools. I had this fucking psycho. I'm not gonna say his last name. My freshman year of college who was like playing their music. He's playing his music so loud and we shared a wall and I asked him and we were like friends. Asked him to turn. He threw me into a fucking wall and nobody did anything. Thank God my psychopath boyfriend tried to fight him. Of course, the kid wouldn't come outside. But that's an example of like, my daddy's got money. I don't like that this girl's talking. Mm. So sorry that that like triggers me, but like you are under no obligation to like make it cool. Send an emoji, wink back, smile, make it nice. This guy's clearly, if he has a problem with your sister who sounds like a quiet, beaten down saint, of course he's gonna have a problem with you. Fuck this guy. And I would light him up. Light him up and be like, I'm fucking done with you. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me. Don't look at me. Yeah. And then look at your sister and be like, he's gonna hit you one day. Peace. And then leave. It's not on you. It's not on us. I've stopped. If I want to send a smiley face, it's because like I like the person, but I've stopped trying to like make sure that the tone is conveyed. We're done. I'm not being a bitch. I'm not being mean. You're being an asshole. And it's not on me to rectify your bad energy. Huh. Bad vibes. It's never occurred to him to make it okay. So why is this on you? Yeah. Grow a backbone. Tell your sister you love her, but for your own nerves, like you can't be around it. Yeah. Why are you hanging out with him on a walk? Do you think it's going to get better? Do you think he's magically going to like you? Do you think that it'll be fun one day? No. Yeah. If they're not married... I would sit her down, maybe try to have an intervention. But what sucks is that when it's a guy like calling a girl a bitch, I talk about this on stage. Somehow that's what it is. Even though this guy's a fucking loser, somehow you're the problem because he's decided you're the problem and you're giving him too much power. Yeah. I'm so over that. Oh, he called her a slut. So she must be that. Oh, the guy called you a bitch. Oh, you're up, but you're this because some fucking beta loser said this. Well, it's a man and a man said it. Don't give him the power. Start looking at him, start giving him, start completely giving him no oxygen and mm-hmm. treat him like a, like a, like a child. Yeah. And he will start to appear to you that way as well. Yeah. He says something, just be like, yikes, bad vibes and leave. Don't give it anything. You yeah. got to. And eventually he'll be like, wait, I really want you to like me. You've done your part. You've tried. We're done. Yeah. Oof. Your sister's an idiot. She's the only man who will ever love me. God, I don't know what. Too many rom-coms. What if love only comes around once? Impossible. You, you guys, you're worth more than this. This is so dumb. So many hot dudes out there. Not even hot, but like so many like good guys out there. Get a sip of water. Cool down my fire, my red hot take. Rachel in New York says, I am a graphic designer and work in a department that has about Wait, seven... Like a graphic designer, like bloody penises and like... No. It's a graphic designer. <laughs> a graphic designer, like somebody who does... Like only does murder scenes? No, it's it's the term for someone who does design <laughs> work. a graphic designer. <laughs> I'm a graphic designer specializing in hentai. Ew. <laughs> right, don't look it up, folks. Kick it. Work in a department that has about seven to ten people in an open concept office. We all have acrylic walls between our desks. We all have acrylic nails. And are at least six feet between each other. 
and at least six. I have a coworker who just started as my boss's assistant about two months ago, and she uses really strong, fruity or perfumey hand sanitizers and perfumes. My desk is the closest to hers at six feet with an acrylic wall between us. It's becoming annoying. So I've even asked HR to send an email, which they've done regularly, asking everyone not to use strong sprays in but the she office. she doesn't think it's hers. Didn't work. I don't think my coworkers are bothered by it. And I'm afraid if I say something, she will know it's me since I am the closest. I even resorted to wearing my mask with a dab of minty chapstick near the nose area. And sometimes it still doesn't cut it. That's strong. How how can I get her to chill on the perfume? No one one cares about how she smells. Oh, and hello. Perfume or hand sanitizer? Uh, It is all of the above. Really strong fruity or perfume. Oh, perfumey hand sanitizers and perfumes. So she's got a lot of scents going on. Well, Thank it's weird it. that you yeah. haven't gone nose blind to it like after a couple minutes, but I get it. As somebody who identifies as strongly olfactory oriented. Yeah. Um, because scents do my poor husband will just be sitting there. I'll be like, he'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go wash my hands. And I'll just sit back down. I'll be like, he's like, okay, I'll go use mouthwash. And he's like, what do you want? I'm like, you're just stinky. He's like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so I get it. That's rough. And if you really can't stand it and it's affecting your performance, here's what you could do. Are you cool with her? Um, because, you know, she's allowed to wear her perfume or whatever. Go up to her and be like, and buy, maybe like buy her a cup of coffee or something. Buy like a nice aloe vera, like unscented hand sanitizer to give to her in place of it. Will she use it instead? Just be like, I, and come from like the highest light, like humblest place. Be like, I have talked to you. You're going to hate me for saying this. You, the perfume that you wear, it comes across as so strong to me that it it makes it difficult for me to work and be like, I, I don't want to annoy you. I don't want to insult you. I don't want to embarrass you. And you can be like, I bought you, like, it's actually cute if you're like, I bought you a coffee, <laughs> an unscented hand sanitizer. I just, the smell really does carry and I sit closest to you. If there's any way, you know, at least then you've done it in the, and maybe you, you know, cause you don't want to embarrass her. So that's why you don't want like do it in front of HR, but like, it's the nicest, sweetest thing. People get very sensitive about that. Like I have a friend who has really bad body odor and it's like, what do you say to that person? You know? Um, cause nobody wants to, nobody wants to feel bad, but if it is affecting you and it is that bad, maybe you can get a fan that blows back mm. at her. Yeah. But it, it's tough because it's going unspoken. So now it's like there's emails, then you're going to have a fan. And then it's like when you could say this to her and she can be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll spray less. You know, or can you light your own scented candle at your desk? I don't know if that's going to fight it off. Maybe you're okay with that smell. <laughs> but saying to her from the highest light, like it, it's actually very strong for me. I know this makes me sound, so, coming from a place of like, I don't mean to sound annoying. I, I would actually hate me for this too. I just had to say something. She might surprise you and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Turns out I don't have a nose and I was doing it for others. The fact that this person is, is that the, the question asker is doing a straight up like morgue trick of, you know, where they put like the vapor rub yeah. under the nose to be around a dead body and I that's it, still not enough. I get it. I can, I have a very strong sense of smell and it is tough. Yeah. Um. So try all these other things first, but just try talking to her. Yeah. You know, maybe try befriending her and then be like, I got to tell you something. Yeah. Just try that. Yeah. Good luck. Sniff, sniff. Uh, okay, so I have had... Or you start loading up. You load up on that kashi, you load up on those beans, and you just keep on farting. And then you get up and you be like, anybody got a problem with it? No, we're all just picking out our own scents. My own brand. It's called poo particles. 
poo particles. Eau de poo. So I've had a few people DM asking when when the documentary you're in is airing. Uh, and I think because it's had such like a long lead time, like Very you've been talking about time. it for a long time. Yeah. It was at South by Southwest. Like you filmed it ages ago, hysterical. Uh, you filmed it so long ago. So uh, long ago over, we did like follow-up interviews during COVID. Mm-hmm. Because documentaries take a really long time to get all the pieces, get all the releases, and get all the- It's an evolving topic. Uh, it comes out April- Second mm-hmm. on FX. But a lot of people have been asking about it. And actually, this episode is actually brought to you by the FX original documentary, Hysterical. And it is out on April 2nd, 9 p.m. To check your local listings for what, I guess it's Pacific Standard Time, on FX. And if you don't catch it that night, it's okay because it's streaming the next day on FX on Hulu. Yeah, and... uh I guess it's a good thing that they are sponsoring our show because people do keep asking me when the documentary you're in is airing or if I know the name of it. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I it's do. called Hysterical. Um, and, you know, you can see any of our several billboards around town. There's some social elements to it. I see one in the Valley on my way to work every single time. It's, um, you know, people always have questions about stand-up comedy. Every interview I do, it's like, how did you get into it? What's the world like? Is it a boys club? Lots of questions. So this documentary really, really delves into... What it is to be a stand-up, we happen to be women, women's stories and just different perspectives of some comics you don't know, some comics you love, and just kind of getting sort of multifaceted approach and what bonds us, what separates us, um, and just kind of a look at the hustle and the hard work and all the BS we have to put up with. Uh, so it's a a look at the world of stand-up through it, a lady lens. Well, it's nice to have it be all women so that it's not like a bunch of men and then a woman being like... I'm the girl. Uh, it's hard to be a woman. Bang. Like everybody kind of has this very different careers, very different choices, but kind of the same base level of. Is that they all think it, I'm really funny? Is that is mostly documentary? Just people going and that Eliza Schlesinger. It's a big part of the stuff that was cut out. Yeah. What if this is when you find out I don't know how to say your name? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm shocked at the amount of comics that like think it's hilarious to make fun of it. And I'm like, you're a professional comedian and making fun of my last name. Cool, cool opener. Fucking hack. Do you really hate Nicole Scherzinger? <laughs> is she your arch nemesis? No, but no, I never, that's funny. But people be like, Eliza Scherzinger. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's it. We're Nicole- sisters. <laughs> like how Scherzinger and Schwarzenegger, no problem. But Schlesinger is just, was it too Jewish? What's I problem? would love if someone called you Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Skarsgård, no problem. Anyway. But if, if people want to watch Hysterical. They can watch it on April 2nd on FX, streaming the next day on FX on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, and probably everybody in that says your name right, huh? Nope. (laughs) That's why I'm just like trying to go by Eliza. It's not about an ego. It's just like, I don't deserve at at 38 to have to sit through this. The craziest thing about people misspelling your first name in writing is two L's. We talked about this. I just, we haven't talked about the two L's. My whole childhood without anyone making fun of it. Now as an adult, I got to deal with B-level comics on stage being like, Schlesinger, isn't that funny? I'm like, what's funny is that you don't have an opening two minutes. Get do you know jokes? Do you know what my middle name is? Mm-hmm. It's Winston. <laughs> this is the same family. What is it? Montgomery. Oh, that's right, because you're very Southern. I forgot. <laughs> but I'm not even. You're not even. I'm not even. I think my mom said that. She's like, well, or someone was like, Emily's from the South. I'm like, barely. I mean, I am. Yeah, it's like, but both you're my not like parents a daughter are from... of the revolution. No, because my parents both moved there in their 20s Sorry. from. You're not a daughter of the Confederacy. 
Or of the American Revolution. Yeah, but one has way slavier connotations. (laughs) No, my parents moved from New York and Boston to to Atlanta. Cool podcast. (laughs) Hi, Eliza. Emily, tiny Bisquick mouth baby. She does have a Bisquick mouth. I haven't had Bisquick in so long. Wait, Bisquick's the liquid biscuits, right? No, No, it's like a powder. Yeah, that makes biscuits. What you guys don't know is that Emily and I, the doorbell just rang and I got one of those promotional gift boxes for a movie and we spent the last 20 minutes sifting through it, <laughs> tasting chocolate and toffees and cookies and we're back now. From that. Well, you know what's never good? Dark icing. Anything once you go like past orange in terms of darkness, like brown icing, black, red, always gross. It always has a weird flavor. Yeah. Even with all of our technology, even with going to Mars. Black icing is always gross. Why isn't Elon Musk working on this? Oh my God. Get on it. Get it. Hi, Liza. Emily, tiny biscuit mouth baby. I adore your podcast. Liquid biscuits. And Wednesdays have become my favorite day. I am facing an ethical conundrum that I was hoping you could help me with. For seven years, I've owned a therapy center for children with special needs. We've managed to turn it into the third largest center in the city, which I'm very proud of. The pandemic has been extremely hard on our business, given the face-to-face nature of what we do. We are, complete, we are completely burnt out and tired trying to keep the business afloat. We lost six staff members during the pandemic, which has us in a pickle. It is almost impossible to hire pediatric therapists. Interestingly enough, a couple months ago, we got approached by a bigger company that owns several therapy centers in the north of the state, and they were interested in purchasing us. It seems like there's a good chance that they might go for the asking price we would like to sell for, It wouldn't be enough for me to retire on that money, but it would definitely give me a substantial amount that I could use as my savings. It's close to half a million. I'm an immigrant, so I came to the U.S. with no money, and by selling, I would be able to have some real equity. I support a lot of my family back in my country, have no real savings since I've reinvested everything back into the clinic. I absolutely love being a therapist and helping the children and their families navigate the world of special needs. I wake up every day excited to go to work since I know this is my mission in life. The company that wants to purchase us has a very strict five-year non-compete in which I could not own another therapy center or have employees. That's so weird. Like, (laughs) kids need therapy. Like, sorry, we're doing it. All right, go ahead. But I could still see patients privately at their homes or schools. There you go. Last year, we launched a program that is basically a preschool for typical kids, and it has been really energizing to develop the curriculum and manage the program. This program will be excluded from the purchase, so I could potentially continue this for five years until I can start my own clinic again. For context, there are only two other centers that have the same quality of services we provide, and there's always high demand, low supply for therapy services, which means that some families are put on long waiting lists. I own the clinic with another therapist who is even more burnout than I am since she has a relative that has special needs and she would eventually have to be the primary caregiver. Before the pandemic, she was already mentioning wanting to take a break from the clinic. Am I a complete selfish asshole for wanting to cash out and take a break? The company that will potentially purchase us does not have the greatest reputation. And I know for a fact they do not put the child's interest at the forefront of their business. I'm heartbroken to think of all the families that I will not be able to serve, but at the same time, the money offer is so tempting. My husband and I have a stable financial situation, so I don't necessarily need the money. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Um, You've committed your life to public service in an area that, like you said, is already short-staffed, but you're not a martyr and you're not a saint. And you've done all of this. You know, I wonder, is there wiggle room where you could 
maybe it's a two-year non-compete or something like that. You know, there's negotiable things, but I mean, I think it's so incredible. You come to this country as an immigrant, you build this business, and now somebody wants to give you money to give you a break. Everybody needs a break after this, especially doing a job like that. It's not like you're like an artist and this was hard and you need a break. Like you're dealing with other people's children. And especially the fact, if you think this is your mission in life, the fact that you can still keep seeing kids and give yourself a break and maybe, you know, sometimes we work so hard at something, we don't have a chance to step back, lift our head up and be like, wait, is this actually what I want to do? Maybe you do want to do one-on-one. Maybe you want to start something smaller. Maybe there's a way you can start another business and it doesn't break those rules. Maybe you move to a different state, you know? I think allowing yourself this chance to breathe because you're so burnt out. Nobody would hold that against you. You've got to take care of yourself first. And it sounds like you built this, you created this, you can build it again. Build it again. You're not not allowed to be... Hey! What's she doing? No, she's not doing anything. She's fine. It's not like you're a sex offender and like you can't be around children now. You can still keep helping kids. You can still build a business, but I think it would be great for you to take this money, Uh breathe, take a step back, and then reassess. But this is a very lucky opportunity that you have that somebody actually wants to buy it and give you this break. Get some savings, set yourself up with like a IRA or whatever, because since you've only, you've only reinvested repeatedly into yourself, like set, get a financial advisor, set yourself up for success in the future so that you can keep helping people. You know, and maybe you come back and you buy that big company that bought you, but this is an amazing opportunity. Uh, Maybe get them to change the name so that if they besmirch your good name, Mm. like Stella's baby carry, and then it's like, I heard that was really shitty. Like you're not associated with that, you know, make sure maybe it gets absorbed properly. Have a lawyer look at it which is going to cost you a lot. Have a lawyer look at it. See if there's some wiggle room. And uh, see if maybe your exact mission hasn't changed a little bit. Yeah. Take that money and run. Look, we all are suffering from fear of cancel culture. And it doesn't have to be, I'm canceled because I sexually harass someone. It's fear of having money. It's fear of being told you're spending it wrong. I've had people tell me I should donate my salary to a cause. When my brother's house burned down, they're like, you should buy him a new house. All that demonstrates to me is that people who have less money, all that demonstrates to me is that a lot of people don't have an understanding about how finances work. It's very easy to stand on the other side and be like, how come you didn't keep working with kids? How come you didn't work yourself to the bone? How come you didn't do this? It's all, what is it? Monday morning quarterback. It's all armchair quarterback. It's all Sunday driver. Those people don't matter because you don't have to deal with those on a daily basis. Seldom do other people's opinions actually, should they actually weigh on you. When it comes to your kids, other people's opinions shouldn't matter, but they do. Your finances, your personal life, your love life, uh, personal decisions. You do what's right for you. Anybody else in your position would do that. And anybody that has a problem with it, first of all, you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. This is what's right for you. And most people would want that opportunity. You are still being a great person. And I think you know that. And I think you just wanted to get it out, but I think you know what the right thing is. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you framed it in another way, by the way, if you were like, we work so hard and we barely sit afloat and then a company came in and they want to buy our company, isn't that great? Everyone would say, wow, that's great. Nobody yeah. would think like, how could you? You churd. There's nothing to think about. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. Next chapter. Next chapter. Until your family in Andorra, we said, hola or bonjour. Hey, Liza and Emily. I'm hoping you can help me figure out how to handle a bit of an awkward situation. Is it that I'm kissing my dog on her tongue? Is that awkward? This is for you. 
I'm not the best at letting things go. Since quarantine started, I've stayed away from everything, using only curbside pickup services whenever possible. I live in a house with my parents and sister who have been able to do the same. Recently, my sister went back to work. She works at a drug rehab facility, and I got accepted into a physical therapist assistant program that requires I attend classes on campus. Thankfully, school has kept very close precautions, and I am only working with the same group of people to limit exposure. But a month ago, my sister was exposed to COVID and tested positive. I tested negative, but stayed home in quarantine to be safe. Ten days later, I was still negative and was allowed back on campus. When my sister got sick, my mom and stepdad were not taking as many precautions as I think they should have. I was walking around my house only when necessary and only with double mask and wipes. Since I couldn't afford to miss more time out of school and I was nervous, my BF's parents offered to let me stay with them. His parents are both are fully vaccinated in addition to being confident that I was not infected with COVID. However, long story short, I killed everyone. Whoops a daisy. The issue became that my BF's brother, who lives with him, and his fiance, who doesn't live with them, had a problem with my being there and are now treating me like absolute garbage. They seem to think that I have taken no precautions and am acting selfishly. Fast forward a few weeks to the present, things are starting to smooth over with the brother. I found out it's mostly the fiance who had a problem with how I handled the situation, regardless of my precautions and being tested multiple times. While she was busy judging me for trying to get out of a tricky situation, oh, tell me she got COVID. Tell me she, she was got out COVID. going to weddings. Oh! I, I, I don't really know how to deal with all this moving forward. She has treated me poorly even before this. And no one on my BF side has given me any advice on what to do here. They think she's a hypocrite and a lunatic as much as I do. Please help. I find your advice really practical and could use some words of wisdom. P.S. My entire house ended up with COVID after I left, and I was the only one to not get infected. I think this shows the amount of crazy precautions I took. LOL. Might as well have been walking around with a hazmat suit. It's so easy. I even found myself during this. Like, it's so easy to judge other people. Yeah. Well, even if you're—I thought I was really safe, but there are definitely, like, moments that I slipped and I would judge other people. Like, I can't believe they weren't wearing a mask while pumping gas. It's so easier to be holier than thou, and we all do it. It sounds like the sister has a problem with you otherwise— and um, is a lunatic as agreed by everyone. Well, the 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 brothers don't don't fall for that. Don't fall for like we all say that people love to say, "Oh, that other woman's crazy, not you." And it's who fucking knows what they say behind your back. Look, yeah. she might be a lunatic. It sounds like she has an issue with you. Otherwise, she does sound like she's on a very high horse. So, again, you can just next time you see her, be like, be like, do you? You can just. It's where you don't want to open up, like, do you have a problem with the way that I did this? But, like, have you said to her, like, you went to weddings the entire time I was quarantining? I think she has a problem with you just being in the house. I think it's just, like, that's her way of defending it. Yeah. And I think if you actually got down to it, she probably, like, wouldn't have a case. But you also are the girlfriend, not the fiancé, not the wife. So it's kind of like, like, maybe she's getting, like, territorial. Um, Well, yeah, so she's the girlfriend of this, our question asker's boyfriend's brother. Yeah. So she's as much of an interloper as, she doesn't live in this house that the that our question asker has moved into. Yeah, I know, I get that. Yeah, so it's like she's, she, she doesn't have a leg to stand on. Sounds like she's got an issue with you and it's unfortunate that it's got to be about these two girls having problems. I would just try to ignore it and hopefully it goes away because mm-hmm. you don't want to like cause friction or whatever, but you can simply just say, how many weddings did you attend during COVID? Because I attended zero mm-hmm. and I quarantined and I got it like, you know, like it's not on you to explain it away, but if she wants to come at you, like present her with those receipts. Mm-hmm. I think it's another issue, but it also may not be your problem. Yeah. Like it could just be that you exist 
And I would just steer clear because you don't even know if you're going to marry this guy. Yeah. It's just your boyfriend. Um, all you can do is know that you're on. We're all going to come out of this a little less crazy. Yeah. Like we've had a lot of people write in like, no, my whole family didn't come to my wedding and everyone was mad and I didn't go to this wedding. I think everyone just kind of like wartime brain, like whatever you had to do to survive, whatever you said, whatever you did. And hopefully it all just kind of, we all loosen our grip a little bit. Yeah. But um, I'll just hold on and just keep doing you. Unless you also were not safe and we don't. I guess her thing is like, oh, you're going to work. Well, and, and, and this, that's also, that sucks that you couldn't take time off because of that. That's so unfair. It sounds like this girl, our, well, I don't know, our question asker is taking precautions because the fact that they were in the house and were so, so, so careful, everyone else in their house got sick and they didn't. Like, clearly they were taking precautions. Yeah. You know? Or you're just lucky. Maybe. And I don't know. True. Maybe you went out and she saw you do that one time or she saw you shake hands. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You can always ask her, be like, what have I done that you think is so unsafe? Yeah. And did you bring me back cake from all those weddings? Did you catch the bouquet, you fucking bitch? (laughs) Anonymous, thank you for answering my last question a while back. Turns out you were right. (laughs) I don't even know what it was, but I know. Yeah. I'm now an associate librarian and in a year's time will finish my master's degree and apply for librarian positions. Fuck yeah. Dunk on them. Dunk on that Dewey Decibel (laughs) system. Get on those obsolete arts. Fucking swing on these hoes. I feel like my career is falling into place. (laughs) On the other hand, falling apart. I was like, yeah, you're like, on the other hand, we're very happy for you. On the other hand, my love life has faced a lot of turmoil over this past year. My boyfriend and I have been together for three and a half years and things have been so difficult. I've always been someone to take risks career wise because I really believe that messing up is part of the journey. My boyfriend, on the other hand, is scared to make any mistakes. Sometimes I put botany before biology (laughs) when I'm categorizing the encyclopedia. This has led to him making no career moves and moving out of his parents' house because he's scared to mess up. I've told him for so long that sometimes you just have to take a risk if you want to get somewhere, but he just can't get out of that state of mind. I've been wanting to move in with him for so long and to start our lives together, but he's too scared to even do that with the girl he loves and has been with for over three years. There's so much more to what's happened, but I'm going to stop here. I just don't know if it's time to walk away or if I should keep trying. He's the sweetest guy and I know he really loves me, but it's just been feeling more like I should walk away and stop wasting my time with a relationship that's been at a standstill for so long. Any advice on what to do? I'd like to hear your input. Yeah, my input is this. Uh, you're in a relationship where the librarian is the adventurous one. <laughs> so that should tell you something. Mm. You don't want to grow this boy into a man. You don't want to be the girlfriend that's like, when are you going to get off the pot after you take a shit? When are you going to marry me? When are we going to do this? This is going to be, he's got some growing up to do. Yeah. And you don't want to do the like, either marry me or I'm out of here. You think about what you want in a partner. Is he checking those boxes? Like, that's cool that he's sweet. There are, it's so easy to find sweet, by the way. That's easy to do. So it sounds like you've outgrown him. It sounds like, while the idea as couples, and especially when you're married, is that you're growing together. You make the other person want to be better. That is the basic idea of of a relationship. Is it symbiotic and you're encouraging each other and you make the other person want to be better. Mm -hmm. Noah makes me want to be better. I don't know what I do for him other than like, I'm super fun. Um, It sounds like you outgrew him. It sounds like he's just not there. And it sounds like while you were out taking your chances and making your dreams come true and microfiching all the articles, some of you don't even know what that is. um, It sounds like he kind of forgot to grow and that happens. Yeah. But it sounds like you're over it. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. 
And it might take you breaking up for him to be like, oh my God, like I was asleep. I should, and that, that's okay too. But it sounds like you're uh, moving on. Yeah. Get your master's, live your life. Get your master's, have so much fun at the library. <laughs> the you know library. you can get DVDs from the library? No, I did not know that, and Emily. And Blu-rays and video games. That seems counterintuitive to me. I, I think it's just, it's making things accessible. Remember your mom would take you to the library and it was like not so as fun exciting. as Blockbuster, but it's like get any books you want and you would just load up and she'd be like, all right, you're not going to read 12 in a week. Yeah. So just take <laughs> right. them back. The library and then go to a bookstore, like pick a book and you're like, any book? Getting your own library card. Library so card. exciting. And then also I feel like whenever I could pick a book, I feel like all bookstores always have some weird thing of like, branded bookmarks. I'm like, just I just want one more Lord of the Rings bookmark. Oh, God. I always take a free bookmark or just ear, dog ear it. Yeah, go to the library and then when you like kind of like graduate, you get a little bit older, you're not doing like the kid books. Now you're doing the goosebumps. Now you're doing fear streams. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's all very sexual. So, moving on. Take it. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Okay, my top of the cob is this. Usually after my shows, you know, if I'm doing local sets, quick 20-minute set, 15-minute set, I get a little snacky, Mm. which I'm coming to identify that the hunger is not so much hunger as it is boredom or anxiety, but whatever. So I often go for frozen yogurt, but a lot of it's pretty shitty, and sometimes they close early. And last night, Noah was like, I'd rather have ice cream than frozen yogurt. And I was like, that never even occurred to me. So we went, and... I didn't, I didn't want chocolate, but I didn't want fruit. So you give, you got the vanilla-based flavors, right? You got your praline and pecan. You got your cookies and cream. You got all those. I got, I didn't even think about it because I didn't want to waste the plastic and get a spoon. I got a full waffle cone mm-hmm. with two huge scoops. One was praline and pecan and one was, which is so weird, banana walnut. I don't really like walnuts, but I really wanted banana ice cream. I guess I'm just now putting together walnuts are in banana bread, huh? Yeah, but like begrudgingly, it's like I don't. I would be fine if I never saw another walnut again. Um, I don't even love pecans, but a praline pecan is tasto, and I ate the entire thing, and I had no regrets, and it felt great to just with reckless abandon eat a full waffle cone because you'd also you get there and it's a it's a Persian ice cream place, so they have like baklava and they have like Persian treats and stuff. They have baklava because I think it's just like generic Middle Eastern slash Greek. And I usually get like a cookie, but if you get the waffle cone, that is your cookie. And I ate the whole thing and I went right to bed. And mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm a little tired this morning from so much sugar, but it felt great as an adult to be like, I'm eating all this ice cream and I don't care. Yeah. My dad with a cob is, I love an M dash in punctuation. And I know you're like not supposed to use it. Like it only has specific uses and people overuse it. I don't care. I like how it looks. It's big wide line and it looks good in certain things. Do you know that I, I do what I want? When I write screenplays, I use an M dash. I'm talking about like a dash. But the wide dash, like the thick dash, not, not, it's not on the keyboard. Like I always have to, oh, I Google it the and then I copy it. So oh, I need some Unicode. For what? What do you use it for? I put it in all of my podcast descriptions where I say, two movies, blah, 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 dash, it's this versus this. And I don't think that's that you're supposed to use, like, I don't know, but I like, like the way it looks. Or something. But I like the big, the thick, big line. thick dash. Yeah. I love a dash to connote that someone has cut you off. Mm. Like, and I was just saying, dash, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Yeah. I like that versus but an like ellipses. That, yeah, but I've, and that's like a little dash. Right? Oh, I guess it's so. It's like an N dash, okay. E-N. I believe, I believe. You like, I like an N dash, you like an M dash. You can see it there. Where? 
second from the last line in the text. Oh, oh, oh. The, like, That's cool. Big guy. Like, I think that looks good stylistically. It's, I don't care what the rules are. It, the dash is like, re, like, here's what I'm talking about. Like, here's a little bit more. And this is what I, what I was referring to. I like that. Bottom of the cob. I went to the doctor this morning just for a women's wellness checkup. So I'm at the gynecologist, which is what makes this weirder. And I don't know. The recep- the nurse reception area plays oldies on like volume 10. This is like a COVID safe waiting area. It's like all these women. It's supposed to be this comic thing. And like today it was Werewolves of London. Just sitting there early. They're running like 45 minutes late. And it's just like, ow. London. You're like, is this like gynecology music? You're just sitting there and it's like, I keep away from a run around Sue. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not running around Sue. I'm a partner. I'm here for a normal exam. I just think it's weird to have, to be that unaware of how loud the, to force women who are there to get their vaginas checked to just like listen to loud hits from the 60s. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, my bot in the cob is one of my neighbors is screaming outside again about being on parole. And I know if I tell the landlord that they will tell him that I said something and I already, a girl has moved out because of him and the cops have come and done nothing. So I just hide. Don't be next. <laughs> I don't want to be next. So I'm just like, hey, he got a cat at one point. Don't know where that cat is, but he's like, I see your cat looking at me. And I'm like, my cat likes you. You got to put We're the cool. fear. You got to scare that dude back and be like, what are you going to do about it? Chump. He, he likes my cat. So, That's which cool. is actually the guy who lived below me who shot himself while I was home oh after poisoning God. his wife. He would come stand at my window and talk to my cat and also talk to aliens. So I think that protected me. And is he me. still in the building? He, he wound up dying at the hospital after shooting himself twice while I was home, which was are you just like barely holding it together and I don't and I don't see the signs? <laughs> no. No, this was a couple of years ago. He'd been poisoning his wife. Okay. Let's uh, move away from this. That's um, it. We encourage you, anonymous and named, to keep writing into the podcast. You are the lifeblood of this podcast. We've got some cool guest booked coming up, uh, answering some questions on some topics that you never knew that you really needed to know these answers. And we're really excited for the year ahead. We love you guys love the podcast. We love doing it. It's given Emily something to do, a new hope. I see a twinkle in her badger eye. She's not looking at me. <laughs> Leave us a review. We love them. We read them. Please like, subscribe, share with a friend. I wouldn't give it that much weight. We're not, we're not, we're, we're not reading them like. No, but uh, if you say something mean, I will find you. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.